Warning, this episode contains some strong language. Listener discretion is advised. Tales from the Trunk, reading the stories that did make it. I'm Hillary B. Bisnetz. Listeners, if you've been listening to this show from the very beginning, one, thank you. Two, you already know who my guest is today. Other Sarah, Sarah Hollowell, has been with us since the very beginning, since episode two. Welcome back to the podcast, Sarah Hollowell. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Uh, yeah, that is wild. Actually, that that's that's wild. Anyway, cool. It, Thank you. it is buck fucking wild that <laughs> one that this podcast has been going since 2019, and two uh, that you were on the second episode and like we we've all been saying time is fake since forever, but actually no, we've only been saying it since episode two. When you were on and put it in my lexicon. It's an important phrase. It's, it's an important phrase. Very Time important. Is so fake. Literally not even a little bit real. Yeah. No. Uh, you know what is real, though? It's your new book. Cats. Also my book. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also cats. Uh, okay, that's actually debatable, but... Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. A, a series of emails concerning a kitten is, I'm pretty sure, real. Oh my god, I wrote that. You wrote <laughs> Sorry, that. Sorry, and... I literally, <laughs> I literally forgot it existed until <laughs> this moment. Well, that's why you've that got was, me and I, my memory here. That was me having like an actual brain blast. <laughs> I'm like, holy. Holy shit! I wrote that when Carlos was a little baby because I wrote it about baby. him when he was so small, and now he's almost ten. No, he is ten. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> time fake. Time totally fake. Completely and utterly fake. Incredible, incredible work. Uh, if. Listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back, listen to our second episode ever. Uh, come back here. We'll be we'll be right here waiting for you. Uh, but what we're talking about right now is, of course, What Stalks Among Us, which is out this very month, September, because it is September right now. Time is... Yes. Something. Definitely September currently at this moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, is there anything we need to know about this book before we get into this excerpt? Um, it is a basically like creepy little love letter, both to my high school self and to Indiana. Uh. My my first book, A Dark and Starless Forest, is set in Indiana, but I don't think I ever like explicitly say it on the page. In this one, it's it's just all throughout it. It's just mm-hmm. a lot about growing up as a teenager, 
um, being around corn, uh, being around corn, uh, really dove into like a lot of Indiana summer aesthetics, especially because I'm obsessed with them. Um, and kind of, it's kind of just me being like, here's me wanting to show that Indiana is also magical, despite also being politically Indiana. quite terrible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, not great. Not great. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also very beautiful, and there's a lot of cool things here. And also, here's a way for me to explore all of my teenage trauma. So that's a fun time. It's a fun time. Fantastic. Well, uh, I was going to say, I I swear you said something about it being in Indiana in a dark and starless forest, but also that could have just been me projecting because I'm like, Sarah wrote it, it's about Indiana. I genuinely don't remember if it's in the book. Um, I've said it in like, on Twitter and in various interviews and stuff. It's I, I can even tell you what county it's set in in Indiana. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said it in the book because I just can't remember because it is believable to me that the main character because of circumstances wouldn't know Mm -hmm. exactly where she is so I don't remember if I said it (laughs) and that's that's writing folks that's writing baby (laughs) I I uh anymore i have to like take a minute to remember which one is the protagonist of which book so mm-hmm. yeah. i have done multiple tweets talking about dairy where i go is that her name <laughs> i think that's her name pretty sure that's her name because i uh i think i was on a stephen king kick when i named her to oh yeah that would make you. sense uh, <laughs> I've been on a well, mild Stephen King kick since I was like eight, but I mean the solution here is listeners, if you see Sarah Hollowell in the wild, if you see her at events, anything like that, bring your copy of A Dark and Starless Forest up to her, and Sarah, you will write this book is set in Indiana in the front of the cover, and then it says it in the book. Then it says easy, it in the easy. book, and no one can ever argue with you. Yeah, I could also I could probably just search on like my Kindle copy or something. But that sounds like <laughs> effort. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm not going to be doing that. Yeah, no, no. In, in, <laughs> instead, we'll uh, we'll get into into what stalks among us. Yes, uh, this is from the very first chapter. The corn is the vibrant green of midsummer. The stalks tower above us, too high to see over, even if we jump. The entrance to the maze is marked by hay bales that make my legs itch just looking at them. I sip from my water bottle just for something to do with myself other than stare at the maze. It barely dilutes the taste of the pixie stick flavored crushed ice I ate on the drive. Logan, pacing the edge of the field, says, This shouldn't be here. I know, I say. Like, really shouldn't. Like, I'd sooner believe it's a hologram. He reaches out one hand, but stops short of touching the corn. I'm not a farm kid or anything, but growing up in Indiana tends to mean absorbing some knowledge through osmosis. I know that corn mazes are for fall, when the corn is full grown. It's only May 2nd. Far as I know, this maze is impossible. 
It was a mark of true friendship that when Logan picked me up that morning, he took one look at my face and said, you want to skip the field trip? It wasn't just any field trip. It was the King's Island trip. It was the theme park shaped prize we all got for surviving AP physics. Everyone looked forward to it all year. Everyone except me. I am the only one in the class fat enough to have to worry about if I'd been on the rides. I've been to a theme park all of once, and it included slinking back through the line of a roller coaster after the bar wouldn't close over my stomach. I can know it's not my fault that the ride wasn't built with people like me in mind, or that the walk back through the line shouldn't be embarrassing because I didn't do anything wrong. I existed while fat. That's it. I can know all of that and still not want to do it again. Mm. I can still worry about being perceived as Logan's fat friend who holds him back. Ever since my parents signed the permission slip, I'd been imagining that terrible walk back through the line. Would Logan avert his eyes and pretend not to know me? Bree and Gracie were in our class, so they'd be there. Would they stare at me and think, thank God we got out of that friendship? We can't, I responded, gripping the straps of my messenger bag a little too tight. Miss it. I mean, we can't miss the trip. Sadie, do you really want to go? I kept my eyes on the dashboard, unblinking, but I could feel Logan watching me. I thought, tell him, be open, show him you trust him. If I did that, our friendship, only as old as the school year, could grow and solidify. As usual, the words just wouldn't come out. Mm. Logan tapped his fingers on the steering wheel and stated, okay, executive decision. I say we ditch. Maybe it was selfish of me, but I didn't argue. I'm good at mazes. Like, really good. Every fall, my dad and I go to any corn maze we can find within 100 miles, which in Indiana is quite a few. Sure, there are some differences with this one. The mazes I'm used to are family-friendly, even the haunted ones. Dad's not here to keep me grounded. There's no apple cider for me to sip on as I walk. We don't even know how big the maze is. It could be acres and acres. Trying to peer through the dense corn, I think about how in the deepest parts of the ocean, there's no sunlight. Artificial light will only reach so far. There's no way of knowing what's waiting in the darkness. The ocean is simply too big, too remote. And if you dive too deep, right now, this maze doesn't seem that different. With the stalks so tall and so tightly packed, who plants corn that close together? We'll have no hope of knowing what's around a corner until we make the turn. Don't be so goddamn dramatic, I admonish myself. You're not in a horror movie. Besides, I'm good at mazes. I've gotten lost in plenty of 10-acre corn mazes with no guide, no map, and way more mud, but always found the path back out. So I say, let's go in. And when Logan says, are you sure? I say, absolutely yes. I grab my school bag out of the car because you never know what you'll need on an adventure. And more importantly, I really don't feel like carrying my water bottle in my hands. (laughs) I won't get us lost. Logan grins, all doubt erased by my confidence. He takes the first step into the maze. For one dizzying moment, I see him as if through a lens flare. He looks over his shoulder, and a strange trick of the light makes it appear as if there are a dozen Logans copy-pasted behind him, all of them grinning. Then the light is gone, and it's just my one and only Logan holding out his hand to me. I might stop there if that's not too short. I think that's a perfect place to stop. Holy (laughs) shit. I like it's like I like some other places where it ends, but I really like that one. That's ending a, a really lot. yeah. 
also just like incredibly incredibly on your bullshit the whole way through (laughs) but especially like all of a sudden we're talking about how the ocean is terrifying in a in a sarah sarah hollowell book couldn't be it's uh you know it's i i don't talk about the ocean ever i've never heard you talk about the ocean i don't even know what an ocean is me neither. I've never heard of it. I'm pretty sure that's where billionaires go to explode. <laughs> One of those things. As, as long as they go plode, and it's not in our sight, they... it's fine. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, this is, of course, Tales from the Trunk. We've, we've known this since, uh, what, I started recording episodes for this in... February of 2019. Uh, Time is fake, who knows. But we know that this is Tales from the Trunk. And so I have to ask, are there any bits of this book that, for whatever reason, uh, just didn't make it in that you're just super sad about and want our listeners to know what they're missing out on? Um, There is... The the biggest change um, is when I... I really struggled with for a bit um, just because it involved a, it involved reducing the um, presence of a character that I, I really, really liked. And it was a sort of thing where I had to go back and forth a bit with my editor before accepting that she was right. (laughs) (laughs) And it actually would be stronger without this because the character had been so important to me. Um, She's still in the book. It's a, you will meet her at Sadie's cousin, Ariel. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the original version of the book, she had a, a much strong, a much larger role. Mm. Um, uh, it, the book deals a lot with abuse dynamics and mm-hmm. I really wanted to come at them from a lot of different angles. And Sadie originally had a cousin, Ariel, who was killed by her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, which was very sad. Right. <laughs> and uh, was something that obviously like weighed on Sadie and was kind of my way of exploring um, like, cause Sadie blamed herself in a lot of ways because she originally had responded to Ariel being in, in this relationship with like a tough love sort of thing that mm-hmm. she thought you were supposed to do. And uh, also not recognizing how her own relationship at the time was not good. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so it was kind of like supposed to uh, examine how even very well-meaning, loving people can respond to victims of abuse in ways that are not good, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also how it's like, how much can you blame yourself because you're still not the one who did it? You're not the one who hurt them. So it's like, it's a whole, it was a whole thing. Um And ultimately that got taken out because I actually explore those same dynamics in different ways in the book that we kind of punched up instead. Mm-hmm. And Ariel is still there playing a different role in Sadie's life um, and also being alive. So cool. I guess, Sadie, spoiler, Sadie's alive, or Ariel's alive. Sadie's, <laughs> um, well, the whole thing is they keep finding their own dead bodies in the maze. Mm-hmm. So Sadie's alive? Question uh-huh. <laughs> mark? <laughs> Schrodinger's Ariel, if you will. Yes, exactly, exactly. Or someone, I don't know. Listen, 
Uh, but that's, I think that's the part that, that changed the most that I was like, man, (laughs) I really, I loved, I I loved their relationship. And I had like a bunch of, I had a bunch of scenes that I just really liked from that. Um, Mm -hmm. because Ariel was also kind of supposed to be this like, uh, person who had helped Sadie, uh, hate herself less basically. And like, Mm -hmm. find like fat positivity and things like that. That if I'm honest, can't remember if that's actually still in the book right now. <laughs> that part might still be in there a little bit, but I know it's a much smaller right. part if it is. Um, like went through a lot of revisions. Don't know what's real anymore when mm-hmm. you get down to that level. Yeah. Uh, in addition plot, to time, books are also fake. Books are completely fake. They are nothing. I as soon as I turn a book in, I forget it. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. I mean, see also uh, several emails concerning Kitten. Yes. Yes. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. I forgot it. Yeah. Completely forgot it existed. I know some of that's, a lot of writers do that. There's also, mm-hmm. I think, an element of my ADHD where I'm like, the project's done. It's done. Yep. It's done. Bye. Yep. <laughs> it's it's also um not that, the other thing. Uh <laughs> words. <laughs> words are uh, also fake. Words are also fake. It's also it's it's so interesting how like time and again uh on on these book tours the answer will be like, you know, we, we had this big back and forth between me and my editor or me and my agent or whatever, and like ultimately decided to cut this thing that I really loved. And like, it ended up actually like really making it better or making it tighter or whatever. And it's like, that's one, it's cool how that always happens. And two, (laughs) it's one of those things where it's like, that's the sort of thing that they never like address head on in writing classes when it's always like it's always kill your darlings but it's never like one don't actually delete anything ever really and two like it's not kill your darlings because it's bad they're bad it's it's you know make these changes to make in the end a stronger story yeah yeah kind of like like uh for me my biggest example is how a dark and starless forest used to have mermaids there used to be a mm-hmm. whole a whole like i had I to remember the mermaids thirds of the book to take out the mermaids and when it was first suggested i take out the mermaids it was kind of like that's a lot of the book mm-hmm. is the mermaids. Um, and I've definitely mentioned it to people and had them be like appalled that they were mermaids <laughs> and I took them out. Um, but the book is so much better without them. It's yeah. like wild how much stronger it is without them. Um, sometimes I, I, I've got them saved. I def, I don't delete anything. I have anytime I'm going to make a big change in the draft, I make a copy. It goes into another folder. Mm-hmm. I, I have documents just where I cut in scenes that I'm deleting. Like I don't delete anything. And I will 
often come back to that and use it in the same book somewhere else or yep. a different thing. I, I mean, like text takes up no room. Yeah, text is <laughs> on crazy my Google, small. On my Google Docs, <laughs> it's super small. It's my, it's like the tiniest part of my Dropbox and my Google Drive. So like, mm-hmm. I save everything, including the mermaids. The mermaids still exist somewhere. I hope to one day. Yeah. <laughs> write about them uh but they haven't found their home yet one day yeah perhaps. that'll be in uh too dark too starless listen i hope so <laughs> i i uh i pitched a sequel back when i was when i was uh basically just trying to sell my next book to them and right. what ended up being what stocks among us i pitched a sequel for a dark and starless force so they weren't into but perhaps one day yeah we'll see uh, I mean, in the my fast verse with mermaids and yes. in Indiana. Who, Perfect. Who's who's Wallace. who doesn't want that? It's crazy people. I mean, it, in my mind, what's I mean, in my mind, I guess canon because I'm the writer and I can say whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, what stalks among us does take place in the same world. It's a dark and starless forest in the exact same universe. So it it's could canon. be you could call it a sequel. You could call, yeah. if you wanted to. You could call it a sequel. Because I think it takes place after it. Uh, It never mentions a single thing (laughs) that is related to a Dark and Starless Forest. There are no mentions because there is no reason that Sadie would ever know about this, you know, secluded home of witches Mm -hmm. in Brown County, Indiana. But. But. It's canon. (laughs) Yep. Listeners, if you edit Wikipedia, put put this in there. (laughs) It's canon now. Sarah Hollowell said on Tales from the Trunk that it's canon. 100%. So, you know, this is Tales from the Trunk, obviously, but we're we're talking about this book that does exist because despite what we said, books are real and you can buy this book. uh, You can pre-order this book right now and put it in your hands shortly later this month, because it is September. Yes, uh, I've heard that about this month. Uh, yeah. keep People keep saying that it's September now. Weird. Weird. Uh, I can't believe I've there... already watched All In, AEW All In, the pay-per-view that happened in August on mm-hmm. the 27th. And I have, at this point, already <laughs> turned 33. So yeah. Weird. Also done that. <laughs> That'll happen to Happy August. birthday. Thank you. Belated? <laughs> Belatedly, yes, of course. <laughs> Not pre. I, I feel uh, like I should just insert a weirdly specific, like, AEW all-in prediction here and just... Oh, you should. Oh. Absolutely. I can't remember a single match that's happening. <laughs> uh, Adam Cole and MJF are still best friends. They're still best friends and no one can ever tell me that they're not going to be best friends forever. This mm-hmm. match is not going to ruin that. They're no. best friends. Uh, Triple H is going to show up and put the SmackDown on Roman Reigns. That's my prediction. That that would be insane. <laughs> Completely different companies. <laughs> I know. Well, I did not know, but I guessed. I was pretty sure. Ult- ultimate Forbidden Door. <laughs> WWE AEW crossover. I mean, I I would die. Yeah, that would be incredible. My 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 universe 
would be fine because I don't watch the wrestling, but all my friends' universes who do watch the wrestling would collapse into a singularity. There would be a lot to deal with if WWE <laughs> and AEW actually did some kind of crossover. That would be a lot. <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> Does, this is neither here nor there, but does fanfic about wrestling count as RPF? I I asked this on Blue Sky um, a few weeks ago because I can't remember. Uh, I was watching this great, oh my god, it was actually a really, really great YouTube video. Um, and I'll just like shout it out. It's by this YouTuber, Super Eyepatch Wolf. Uh, about the unreality of professional wrestling and it explores the ways that pro wrestling kind of like um you know blurs that line between Mm -hmm. real life and and the performance uh especially ever since they kind of abandoned actually trying to convince everyone that it was 100% real (laughs) um and uh the shift in the kayfabe between when we were kids and now is wild it's it's incredible. It's so beautiful. Cause like I honestly became I had always like people always like talk about wrestling being fake. Um and I hadn't I didn't watch it until I started watching like three years ago. <laughs> and honestly I became one million times more interested in wrestling when I learned that this is just theater kids fighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just theater kids fighting, doing shows. Um it's so great. It's so like the stories are so cool. But uh, in this in this video, he talked about fan fiction about this faction from WWE called the Shield, mm-hmm. and I was like, I understand why this fan fiction exists because it's these three guys who are like best best friends. It's the internet; they're gonna have yep. sex. But what is that? Because, like. I don't think Rome, like Roman Reigns was there. I don't think that's his even his real name. Mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose is now John Moxley, and John Moxley might be his real name. I don't remember. <laughs> but Dean Ambrose, I think, isn't his real name. I can't remember the other guy right now. <laughs> Seth Rollins? I don't know if that's his real name. But they're, they're, they are not, they are not themselves when they're in the ring they are they they may be heightened versions of themselves and everything like there's there may be a, a some reality in it but they're not themselves so right what does it all mean and do, it, i feel like it becomes easier if you're writing fan fiction about people who are obviously not real mm-hmm. like luchasaurus and mantar who right. mantar is existed for like a day in wwe <laughs> in the 90s and i'm obsessed with him i'm obsessed it's beautiful it's perfect that that i think is more clearly fan fiction Mm -hmm. but when it's just a dude yeah i don't know anyway i asked this on blue sky and there were some differing opinions uh and i still don't really know the answer i think for me probably it does count and it would kind of make me go i don't want to yeah it makes me feel a little squicky but um, I also but the beautiful thing is <laughs> just because we don't do RPF doesn't mean that it makes people morally repugnant if they do yeah. enjoy reading or writing RPF because yeah, it's not my that, <laughs> that is just like a discourse that we do not need to engage in or oh even 
I yeah. I have no interest in ever at any point engaging in any kind of fandom discourse anywhere. <laughs> Please no. let let I us. I just have never. no interest. Yeah. I it's... have nothing to say. Nope. Lips are sealed. <laughs> fandom shall be as it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, I, I don't actually know if I asked the question or not, but the question I was eventually oh. going to ask was, yeah. uh, are there, are there any parts of this book, without giving too much away, obviously, uh, that you're just so excited for people to, oh, that's, yeah, because it's September, and so obviously, <laughs> uh, AEW thing has already happened. Yes. Yeah. We, we got uh, that, there. Yeah, we got we back got to it. <laughs> uh, are there are there dad. any parts of this book that you're just super excited for people to get to? I am like I'm I am both very excited and very nervous in weirdly different ways <laughs> about um there's a lot more body horror in this one. Um but it's it, it's so weird. I'm so excited for people to get to it cuz what I have in there I really like and I mm -hmm. think is really upsetting. But I'm also <laughs> like, but it's not like that extreme. So like, will my horror friends read it and be like, um, yeah, that one's fine. Good, mm -hmm. good first try. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, uh, I have a few friends who uh, are not horror people who read mm -hmm. my stuff anyway. And I am so excited to start getting texts from them. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Just like um, getting very mad at me <laughs> because where a dark and starless forest is like horror adjacent, it like has spooky parts in it, but I wouldn't call mm -hmm. it horror. Other people do. And I accept that. Um, what stalks among us was written to be horror. <laughs> it, was, right. yeah. it was written to be scary. My editor has said more than once that uh, she had to read it during the day. Oh. <laughs> um. She's also not, like, a huge horror person, but I, that's kind of, like, if I'm honest, that's, like, my favorite demographic mm -hmm. <laughs> is easily scared people. Because that's how I am. Like, I consume a lot of horror and I write horror, but I am so easily scared. Mm -hmm. It takes so little to yeah. scare me and have me, like, sleeping with the lights on, uh, which is why horror is fun for me. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> um, it's why it works. I I consume horror to be scared and not feel other things mm -hmm. i can be scared of the tooth fairy lady from darkness falls <laughs> instead of climate change <laughs> right yeah absolutely um but yeah I'm, I'm excited for people to get to the body horror it's i didn't realize it until way later that it, it is kind of just like a heightened version of some things from a dark and starless forest <laughs> that i won't describe just because like uh I think it does get a little spoilery, but right. I'm just I'm excited for people to get there because there are some parts that I wrote that kind of made me squeamish, <laughs> which I think I hope is a good sign. I mm -hmm. hope is a, is a fun sign. Yeah, yes. yeah. I was uh, what what you're saying about like the body horror being like I don't I don't know if this is going to be like hit as well for the for the like horror heads. Just made me think of yeah. like. The in in uh, Sarah Gailey's Just Like Home, uh, deeply, deeply scary book. 
my god. There's but, but like the body horror so things parts. in it are like somehow the least upsetting. And yet still so. I immediately thought of a <laughs> That book got me. That a book, book got me. I could not read that. <laughs> In anything but broad daylight. Oh my god. Because it would also, like, the horror would just sneak up on you. Not in a jump scare way, just in a way where mm-hmm. you think you're reading a scene. And then you're like, oh god, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. Fuck, that there's, book there's is good. It's, it's very, very good. It's very If upsetting. you like being scared, listeners, and you haven't read just like home somehow please go read just like home my like my like tiny piece of pride um is that i i'm pretty sure i was the one who uh gave other sarah the name vera for the the main (laughs) character and this fully was suggested i can't remember if i told them this or if it was just something i said uh (laughs) I had been watching a lot of Conjuring movies, oh, uh-huh. and so it's fully Vera Farmiga <laughs> is how that. So accidentally, because I don't, I don't know if other Saren knew that that's why I thought that name. They were just like, "Give me names," you know, because like I do that a lot of time where I go to my writer friends and like, "Give me names." I can't figure out the right name for this. Yeah, and I was thinking about Vera Farmiga, so I said Vera, and so technically that character is named after Vera Farmiga, but accidentally through <laughs> me. Uh, but I just like I have such a anytime any of my writer friends actually like take my advice and I can see it in a finished copy I'm like oh my god <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did something good <laughs> I did there's a good a, there's a, a part in uh, Mary Robin at Coal's The Calculating Stars uh, where when I was uh, I was one of her first readers for that and uh, there was. A part where uh, two of the main characters are uh, flying a plane together, and Mary Robinette had put in a, I don't remember what plane, some plane that uh, she was like, I need a two-seater plane for them to be able to like go and have a private conversation in, basically. And... I was in the notes, I was just like, okay, so you could have this, but what would be really cool is if you put in, I think, a P-38 Lightning, like, because you could get that in a two, like, that was a two-seater, and is just a, a, like, very cool airplane to me, an airplanes person, and and then... It's in the book. It's in the book now. I would and I'm like, die. M- Mary Robinette freaking Hugo winning Koal put the plane that I said in the book. In a very, in a very good book. In a very good book. A very, in a very, very good, good book. book. I mean, listen, I would die. I would. I, I would, would. That would. You're speaking I, would to me from the afterlife right now. That would be yeah. my story at parties for like the rest of my life, frankly. <laughs> yeah, I I'm honestly shocked that I don't 
bring that out more. I don't even know that I've ever told that story on this podcast before. And this is the Me Telling Stories podcast. <laughs> well, now everyone knows. Now everyone knows. <laughs> and if they don't know, it's because they're not listening to this episode, which, like, how dare you? Yeah, foolish. Yeah. Foolish behavior. Absolutely foolhardy. Um, well, uh... You know, it, it's uh, we we've we've been we've been here for a second now. Uh, time being okay. fake, who knows how long that second actually was. Uh, but before we start wrapping things up, uh, is there anything that you have coming out in the near future, other than uh, obviously what stalks among us? Uh, maybe like a paperback release or something <laughs> that you'd love for our listeners to know about. Uh, weirdly, uh. A Dark and Starless Forest paperback version is actually coming out on the exact same day Bizarre. as What Stocks Among Us, which is wild. Uh, so there is that. There is that. I love a paperback. So much cheaper. I don't know the price of it, but I would assume cheaper than the hardcover. Yeah, it's just, you know, right some dollars. Paperbacks are, are great. I am yeah. fully in favor of you buying the paperback. Um I mean, buy the hardcover if you want to, but also, like, I went to go buy a hardcover recently that I didn't end up buying because it was $28. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Hardcovers are so expensive page... now. It was an 800-page book, to be okay, fair. I mean, okay, but still. But to... but $28 was the Amazon price because I was checking it there because was... mm -hmm. if, if it was too expensive, I was going to get the Kindle. And, it... and the yeah. Kindle was still $14, but, like... I have to right. assume the the normal price is like a million dollars. So yeah, something like that. Good, it's so much, it's and that's and that's in U.S. freedom dollars, not like the Canadian mm -hmm. dollars that you always see if you live in North America and and see on the back of books and then feel really bad for our neighbors up north. Do dollars, dollars from the U.S. of A. was the that was the price, right? This doesn't matter. I just now need to go to my local indie and see how <laughs> terrifying. Uh, I buy from them whenever I absolutely can. Right, of course. They obviously have. They obviously have to charge normal people prices because. Yep. They're not, you know, they're horrifying not... corporation. Yeah, they don't have Daddy Bezos's money. Exactly. Exactly. Fuck uh, that guy. That's what. Okay. It's one of those book titles that kind of feels like it's just a bunch of words. Um, <laughs> I guess it's all book titles, but I know what I mean. All book titles are I know what I all mean by books, that. even. Hell, this podcast is a bunch of words. $35. That's so even many the dollars. Paperback, even the paperback is going to be $22. That's so much. Anyway, <laughs> hopefully A Dark and Starless Forest paperback is much cheaper because it is not 800 pages. Yes. It's fewer pages. It's fewer pages than that. Yeah. Good book. Uh, you, should, you should buy it, listeners, if you haven't already. I I will also... I don't know when in September. It may be happening right now, or it may be soon. I don't know. I'm, Who could say? I have a story in the September issue of Apex. So oh, fantastic. You can Love go that for read, you. You can go read my weird, sad traffic jam story. <laughs> Wait, weirdly about weird sad millennials <laughs> incredible weirdly not the 
first time I will have read a weird, sad traffic jam story in a science fiction venue either. They're they're an important subgenre. Yeah. <laughs> um. So semi semi finally. Uh, and I know that we have been talking about things we like a lot already because this is yes. the things we like podcast. But uh, is there is there anything that you've been particularly enjoying in you know the broader media landscape that you'd love for our listeners to check out, whether it's uh, extremely niche or extremely basic? Uh, yeah, I mean this, the yeah the books I've been reading lately have definitely been more like um, the kind of books where people go you hadn't read that yet <laughs> for instance <laughs> um i did only the last because i went i was at a huge reading slump and then i finally broke it um and i finally read the poppy wars oh yeah. uh, which is a trilogy <sighs> that did ruin me on every level <laughs> mm-hmm. but i had just read Babel and yellow mm. face and i was like i need to stay with her I yeah. need to keep reading. Um, so I, I finally read, you know, these hugely popular best-selling books. I don't know if you've heard of them. They <laughs> took over. <laughs> they took over like the science fiction fantasy landscape for a minute there. Yeah. Um, and I'm late. Uh, and then after that, I read The Priory of the Orange Tree, which is also the like main oh, yeah. SFF book that gets recommended to you right now if you ask about any kind of fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I understand why. I liked it a lot. And then I read the prequel. So, like, I, I don't have a lot of, like, I'm I'm the one who's late on everything right now. That's um, fair. But I did like both of those, quite all of those, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I'm on a big fantasy kick right now. I'm also, I hate the book I'm reading right now, also very late, too, by, like, I don't know how many years. I'm reading His Majesty's Dragon now. Okay, yeah. Um, I got into a dragon a mood. I got into a dragon mood, and um, I've only I've only got a couple chapters in, but it's delightful so far. Um, I I've been meaning to read it for a while because I I really liked you know like um, spinning silver and uprooted her, her mm-hmm. later books. Anyway, um, weirdly, I you're not like... the only friend of mine who has been digging into those for the first time recently. I feel like a lot of people have, if only because there's all of the copies from my library are on hold. I'm on like an eight week hold for it. I end up just buying the ebook because I was like, I'm not waiting. Mm-hmm. So like everyone's reading it I right am, now. But I have attention span to wait that long. Absolutely not. Like I put it on hold when I was still reading Priory of the Orange Tree because I was like, this is an 800 page book. Mm-hmm. It's going to take me a minute. But then my brain decided to shut down every other function except for reading. Mm-hmm. And so I read two 800-page books in about four days, which is not something I've been able to do since I was, like, 12. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when, it, when I, we were, like, his... mainlining those wizard books that yeah, are by a, books a terrible person. Were... Oh, God. Yeah, no, I... I would absolutely read those in a single day, no problem. Even the mm-hmm. really long ones. Um, oh, Terry but, Pratchett. Uh, I would read Terry Pratchett books. I'm not ashamed to say that I would take a day off from whatever I was doing 
and mainline the new Terry Pratchett book as soon as it came out. I am ashamed to say that I have not read any Terry Pratchett. It's okay, I'll mail you one. Like, I want to, because every excerpt I've ever read has been, like, <laughs> delightful, you know? We'll, like, we'll talk We'll talk after this. I can, I will customize a recommendation of, here's the Discworld book to start. Please, is... please do, because it's huge. There's so many, and I don't know what to do. Um, the only other thing I can think of to recommend right now is also not, like, that <laughs> obscure. Uh Ian and I, my partner and I, are re-watching Regular Show for about the millionth oh, yeah. time. And Regular Show, I think everyone should watch, both because it's the funniest thing I've ever watched <laughs> in my whole life, personally. It makes me laugh out loud almost every single episode. Um, but also because, in my opinion, it's one of the few shows that really nails its finale. The finale <laughs> is very good. You don't see that a lot in tv yeah. shows especially ones that go up to like up or over five seasons mm-hmm. and regular show nails it everyone should go watch it if, if you want one to if you want one to start with i would either start with the um the labyrinth parody episode <laughs> <laughs> which i would have to find which one that is or there's one that i think is called i'm excellent as in eggs <laughs> the food and that episode murders me i can't it has so many things in it that are maybe very specifically tailored to my sense of humor right yeah as as one hopes sometimes (laughs) but it's very very good uh everything else i've been consuming is like a lot of youtube a lot of just random some some youtube kingdom uh a couple hours of of the kingdom i actually i uh, I, I, I haven't beaten it yet because I like, you ever have something that you do every single day and then something interrupts it for three days and then you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I, and now so I I'm never going to do this like, again. I haven't played it in like two months and it's kind of sad actually. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't beaten it yet because it's the infinite fucking around engine for me. And like, why would I do story when I could be fucking around? See, my thing is, I want to beat it because I really, I'm really invested in the story, and I want to know how it ends. Mm-hmm. But I know myself, and I <laughs> do know that the moment I beat the story, no matter how much I have left in the game, my brain will go, "Oh, you finished it. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're done now." And I 100% completed Breath of the Wild, so like, including every Korok seed. So I mm-hmm. want to do that here. But right. There are. A lot. Of, I got every shrine and light root, so like that's yeah. something. Yeah. And also now I'm just way too strong because I set my I set my switch to never automatically update, so I still have the duplication glitch. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> and I got really good at killing Gleox, so oh, wow. I feel too powerful now. I feel too strong now. I went yeah. into the, I, I've killed like every King Gliog. Like it's not a problem anymore. Um, I I still turn around and run away from those. I mean, they're terrifying, but they're so fun to fight once you get it down. Uh, oh, I would a, a video game I would recommend that not everyone in the world has played, but that actually had an influence on what stocks among us. So you see, thematically relevant. Oh, excellent. <laughs> 
is the game Oxenfree, which recently had its sequel, Oxenfree 2, come out, which was very good. I really, really liked it. It did the thing I love in, like, sequels where it's, like, it's the same kind of vibe, but they have a new twist on it, and they also have little quality of life things that you maybe wouldn't think about if you hadn't played Oxenfree a bunch, but Mm -hmm. I have. (laughs) So I notice when they're, like... Like Tears of the Kingdom. Exactly, exactly. But Oxenfree and Oxenfree 2 are both just like super spooky little games that you can play in just a few hours. I don't know about Oxenfree 2. I don't think it's the same. But Oxenfree is a game that you can keep playing and the game will change with each playthrough. And you can make new, new choices that will like change the dialogue and like change how things work. So, uh... There, there's not a lot of like direct correlation between it and what stocks among us, but the vibes, I played it for the first time while I was drafting or revising mm, one of those. Mm-hmm. So the vibes definitely got shoved in there because I'm obsessed with it. It's right so good. I am a huge advocate for just very short, very good games. The other game, and I mean, this is a vibes based economy. It is. Uh, the other game that this is. But that inspired what stalks among us in a way that I cannot articulate to a single other human person because it doesn't make sense. There's nothing clearly in common is uh, the return of the Oprah Din. Oh, which I can see that. I can see that. It's uh, it's a it, that game is so good. If you've never played it, you absolutely must immediately. It's gorgeous and impeccable. I need that man to make another game. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess that, that that's that's my thing on video games. The only other video game thing I do is um, once a week I Google Silk Song release date, <laughs> and every week I cry. Yep, me with Hades two release date. <laughs> Don't even talk about it. <laughs> I I was having a conversation semi recently where I said that for some reason I had gotten the impression that Hades 2 was coming out this month, September of 2023. I don't know why. I don't know what gave me that impression. Everybody cried and then disabused me of that notion, but... I I know why. I know why. Because I had the same thought about... I didn't think September specifically, but it's because they said when it was announced that it would be in, like, the early release around now in 2023 okay it would do it's like it because it's doing the same early release thing hades did mm-hmm. so it i don't think it has i wouldn't know because i don't right. know how early i don't know how early release things work i don't know what that means <laughs> i only play things on my switch that's the, that's the only place i play video games i got i got two switches because i wanted a second <laughs> animal crossing island <laughs> Um, reasonable and i have i have a 3ds so this is ian has an xbox one of them one of them who knows one of of, of the newer ones i think um i've never touched it because i'm confused it's i've got i've got a switch i've got uh an original wii i've got a playstation 2 i've got all my GameCube games that I can play on the Wii because you can play all your GameCube games on the Wii. 
Yeah. I have and, the exact the same Boy. consoles. Yeah. I have I have the same ones. I actually have a GameCube too. It's somewhere buried amongst all our boxes and stuff, but I do technically have one. Yeah. Uh, I would I'm a Nintendo girl cuz I'm very simple. I yep. I like I like my Zelda. I like my mm-hmm. Animal Crossing. Yep. Yep. The uh, uh, the reason I buy <laughs> Nintendo consoles is when they announce a Zelda game for them. That that That's is a good reason. Like I didn't, I didn't buy a Wii U because they didn't have a Zelda game on it until, like Breath of the Wild technically, but like that's a Switch game. We we know it's a Switch game. The Wii U was a very confusing console. I never had one. I just didn't understand. I didn't understand it conceptually on any level. And the (laughs) Wii is not a great console. No, it's a fun console, but it's not a great console. I never got past the part of Skyward Sword where you leave the Sky Island because you have to do that really specific like Skyward Sword motion with the Wiimote, and I couldn't oh get it God. to register. Fucking game. So I just never... That's like the only modern like Zelda game that I just... I never got any farther. Also, I don't like to look at it. Yeah, I don't, uh, the, I don't like the graphics. The, the new game plus the final boss is bad and hard because it's based entirely on motion control bullshit. The oh, new God. game plus, new game plus is a new game minus, uh, and overrides your previous like you. It overrides your previous save, uh, and so no more fucking around. And also, uh, the only way you can get health is by going and buying potions which like you only get the one bottle for oh, so it, it's bad and it should feel bad yeah i did eventually no, I beat like it that. but like i don't like that no i just i got the story of it eventually in the last couple of years from like there's a single zelda youtube channel that i'm subscribed to that i follow that mm-hmm. is <laughs> I don't even know if I like like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's like the only one I find tolerable. I'm really <laughs> picky about who I like watch on YouTube because it is really easy for me to get annoyed with mm-hmm. people for like no reason. Um and most of most most of the other people have like this weird thing they do with their voiceovers where they just Ugh. talk very dramatically and I don't like it. Kind of like the people who read like the spooky Reddit stories and stuff. I, there's only mm-hmm. a couple of those I can tolerate. And even the one guy that I like the most still has like some annoying things. Like one thing he does is at the end of every single story, he'll like do a dramatic pause where he'll <sighs> be like, and they were never seen again. again. <laughs> every single story ends that way. And I'm like, please stop. <laughs> you can just read it normal. I promise. Anyway. Oh, anyway. Sarah, it's been <laughs> so much fun having you back on the show. Absolutely 100% will have you back in the future because like why wouldn't I? I run this show. Exactly. I do what I want. That's uh, a good reason. Yeah, great reason. Also, you're fantastic. Uh before <laughs> before we get going and I know this is a loaded ass question because it is september of 2023 where can our listeners find you elsewhere if they want to 
Oh, that is a loaded question because who knows what exists right now, huh? Uh-huh. Uh, theoretically, you can still find me mostly in the cesspit previously known as Twitter. That's it's still, still called primarily... Twitter. I don't, I don't acknowledge I anything else. I won't. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like that. Whenever I have it open on my laptop, I think it's a porn site. Mm-hmm. Every time I see the tab, I'm like, what's that doing here? That's not a <laughs> private window. <laughs> um, uh, so that, but yeah, I'm mostly for whatever reason, still <laughs> primarily on Twitter. Um, I am also now on blue sky at the same username dot, which you should the, probably like, say generic. So, oh, <laughs> Sarah Hollowell. It's my name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm on TikTok, but I think there's like two videos, and the right, only yeah. reason I I go on there is when it gets. I'm old, so I watch most of my like TikToks through Facebook Reels, um, <laughs> and the only reason I really go on TikTok is when it gets too annoying to navigate. Like I get really into one person's skits, and it's mm-hmm. too annoying on Facebook to actually follow them in order. So I go to TikTok right. instead, um, which is is how I spent like. Oh, that's what I've been watching. I spent like 20 hours last week, probably not, not an exaggeration, watching every single video from the nursery nurse, who is a British woman who does skits about working in a child's nursery. That's Incredible. it. I watched every video. I watched it for hours on end. I watched it while I was like eating. I like it was my it was my lunchtime TV it was just her videos. Um, I, I do suggest that they're a lot of fun. She's one of those people who does skits in such a way that like she plays every single character, but you start forgetting it's multiple people. Like she does the <laughs> characters so well that you're like, well, that's not Charlotte. That's this uh-huh. other woman. <laughs> um, but I don't know why I'm watching those. I, I don't have kids. I uh-huh. don't have kids. I've spent hours watching every single one. Anyway, so I am on TikTok, but I'm pretty much just watching that. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'm on Instagram at SM Hollowell because someone fucking got to Sarah Hollowell first. The fucker. She even messaged me once. She messaged me. She like followed me and messaged me once. And I think I tried to get her to give me the name, <laughs> but then eventually she just unfollowed me and I'm like, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but those are like my main, uh, my main locations where you can find me, um, just talking, just talking yeah. about stuff. Talking talk uh, about the stuff you like. Yeah, uh, if it's in if it's a wrestling pay per view night, I'm there doing just incomprehensible <laughs> tweets. Unless you're watching the same pay per view. Yeah, it's, it's good, the good, only good. live tweeting I do, <laughs> and I do it for like three people. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly, like that's really what the internet is for—is like creating specific like hyper specific content i have i have a folder of memes on my phone that is just like i made this meme for one person (laughs) like yeah 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 well sarah it has been an absolute delight having you back on the show uh truly a plus it was nice to be here Sorry yeah. I talked so much about wrestling. No. The, this, <laughs> this is, is the talking about podcast. things we like podcast. That's what it's here for. 
I run this podcast. It's gremlin time. Well, I am. I have become wrestling gremlin. This is who I am now. Perfect. Wouldn't have you any other way. <laughs> Listeners, stick around in two weeks for this podcast's 100th episode. I don't fucking Damn. know what I'm going to be doing for it yet. Stick around in two weeks. Find out. Just like me. <laughs> Something cool, probably. Something cool, probably. Maybe another Sarah. <laughs> who, who could say, really? There's so many Sarahs to choose from. Uh, there's so many. Tales from the Trunk is mixed and produced, as always, in beautiful Oakland, California. Our theme music is Paper Wings by Lillian Boyd. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash trunkcast. All patrons of the show now get a sticker and logo button, along with show outtakes and other content that can't be found anywhere else. Theoretically, you can find the show on Twitter at trunkcast, and theoretically, I tweet at hbbisneyx, but maybe go to tumblr.com slash hbbisneyx or whatever instead. If you like the show, consider taking a moment to rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. And remember, don't self-reject.